You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 268 of the Centralist Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today, I'm joined by our executive video audio engineer producer, Zach Bircham, and my forever co-host, back from the land of ice and honey, sun, sun and sand, uh, Dakota Davis. Today's episode is an old school episode. It's just going to be the three of us. We're going to be having some fun tonight to prepare ourselves for the candidate series that will be starting next week. Uh, so we wanted to just have fun, be laid back today. We're going to be talking to you guys about some local news. Mostly about um, Queen Elizabeth dying. We're just going to have a grand old time yeah. talking. Hey, let's do a fun episode. Damn it, the Queen died. Well, the BBC has shut off all comedy shows out of respect for the Queen's passing. Have they so really? This is uh, We're the, it. the entertainment for the folks across the pond tonight, I guess. Oh, it's going to be a, uh, this is going to be another one of those reminiscent of the early days back of the napkin shows. And we're going to have some fun with it. The show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. We just did about 20 minutes on Patreon, which is mostly around, uh, what I want in my backyard, what Dakota thinks he could get away with. And, uh, I think the first the first five minutes was mostly just therapy, trying to wake Dakota up. Uh, I'm dragging a little bit. Had a big uh, big midweek trip down to Kentucky, uh, and like a moron, I didn't book a hotel room, so I did it all in a day. Packed a full day's work in and about 300 miles of road trip drive. And Dakota is hungover from the from the big vacation, and Zach is just his normal machine self. No big deal. Boop uh, boop boop. boop. <laughs> he's just he's just there <laughs> good to go answers the bell not a problem in the world no concerns just just ready to roll oh i've got problems i just get here <laughs> do have to say thank you to christy avery anthony meyer and the incredible john phillips of andy moore buick gmc john it looks like just jumped into the chat texted with him today still trying to order myself a sweet new gmc uh i i'm i'm cautiously optimistic maybe next week Maybe next week we'll be able to get it ordered, and maybe, 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 maybe by next year it'll be in. If I'm anybody can make it happen, it's John. Oh, I know. As soon as I remember, as John, as... I referred Jeremiah. To you. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to keep getting that referral bonus every just time he buys a forth. car. I don't think when you bought your second one over there, you mentioned me. I don't know. It's been too many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, it'll be uh, it'll be good. Dakota, do you want to do this part over here? That's right. This episode is brought to you by Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. You might feel overwhelmed, lost, or frustrated. And if that's you, then feel in control of your health with Matt Allen's help. Visit Iconic Insurance, iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians to get started today. And uh, that anytime that you hear an advertisement on this show, then the advertisement... Uh, it not only helps you, but it also helps the show. So if you're a fan of our show, then help yourself and help us and help Matt. Absolutely. At the same time. If you're some sort of an independent uh, independent contractor, you're responsible for finding your own health insurance, then it's definitely worth, uh, worth a shot. Uh, if nothing else, reach out and have the conversation and see if you can see if you can save yourself some money and make something happen. Okay. This is this is a story that we're going to get into at the beginning here that highlights a number of different things around libertarian ideas, small town politics, us not knowing exactly what the hell's going on, but trying to figure it out, which is a tradition around here, Dakota. Mm -hmm. So I want to say two weeks ago, I started having people ask me if I knew anything about this story. And I didn't, and I asked around, and I got a little bit of information, and now that started to get printed in the in the local papers as well, because I'm not, I I there there are a couple of local bars, I and as it turns out, there are like ten local liquor licenses. A community in Indiana has got some arbitrary rule that says, hey, based on your population, you're allowed to have so many liquor licenses, you're allowed to have so many bars in town, 
And then you can have certain bars that are actually restaurants. So they have a, a different classification for things. So if you go to the me- local Mexican restaurant, they're generally serving a bunch of food. And then, yeah, they can have some hard, hard liquor too. But then you've got some places that are, that are bar forward. So the oldest bar in town is a place called the Town Tavern, which is probably, I don't know, 200 feet away from the, from this spot right here where we broadcast yep. from. And the Town Tavern was sold. Uh, it was owned by a fellow named Steve Reitzman, uh, who ap- apparently owned a number of bars in, uh, around the community over, over his lifetime. And he sold the bar on contract to uh, a Larry and Amy Myers earlier this year. Okay, that makes sense. That part of the story I get. Mr. Reitzman passed away in the summer of 2020. So two, three months ago, the guy passed away. He had a bunch of different properties. So he had a a pretty big estate. uh, And he had like eight or 10 rental properties around town. And then he he owned these this bar and the licenses and everything that goes into running a bar. So Mr. Reitzman's estate is being handled by a lady named Stephanie Cook. Okay, makes sense. This Stephanie Cook is a partner in a place called the Back Porch Bar, which is down the street. And the the new owners of the town tavern have got the building, but they didn't get a liquor license with it. Apparently, and this is where it gets really convoluted in the state of Indiana. And I don't know, I don't know what to make of it. I'm trying to trying to learn as we go along here. But it's definitely been the talk of the social media around town. When the bar was sold, it could have, should have, potentially may have included the liquor license, but it didn't get filed, didn't get recorded, whatever. So it didn't transfer with the business. So then this Stephanie cook who is handling the handling the estate did not transfer it to the new owners and said, I'm actually just going to keep it essentially. So they didn't transfer the state said, okay, cool, fine. So the, the liquor licenses transferred to the person that is handling the estate. And that individual is not, providing it to the folks that bought the town tavern. So here we are in a spot where, Hey, there are no more liquor licenses in town. The oldest place in town doesn't have a liquor license. So it's closed up, gone. What the hell? (laughs) It's you you, you don't realize like you can't just to go to you and I can't just go open a bar. Like we could buy the place and we wouldn't have a liquor license either. We couldn't start, we could we could form a club, I guess, but we couldn't we question. couldn't just you, form a bar. What do you have to do to get a liquor license? Well, the one thing he mentioned is that there's a finite number, and I believe for Newcastle it's twelve, and they're all accounted for. So I think a lot of times if that can be a very valuable thing for some of you, they let you one. auction it off or sell it. Yeah, off. Yeah, you can sell the license, I believe. Um, the I was just catching up. I've. I'm not big on the bar scene in Newcastle. I hadn't heard much about this somehow. Somehow I didn't see anything on Facebook about it either, but um must be the group of people I've associated <laughs> with on Facebook. Your, but, t- your teetotalers Facebook group. Apparently you said the only way that they could kind of get one now is if they got a restaurant permit first and then applied for a beer license on top of that, which would be how they said like Primo operates. Primo doesn't have just a straight liquor license. They have a liquor it's, I mean, it's kind of like, it sounds like kind of like you get an endorsement on your driver's license. Like the driver's license is like your f- permit to be a restaurant. And then you can tack on an endorsement for beer. And they said like, uh, there's 12 of those available in town and 10 of them are, uh, still open and are available to be, to be applied for by somebody. So there's some of those left, but yeah, the actual liquor licenses, the, the, the strangest thing about it is that this guy chose, the, the direct competitor, a, a direct competitor to be the executor of his estate. And that that direct competitor has now shut his bar down <laughs> after his passing, uh, even though he'd sold it off. That seems a little strange. I don't know any of these people. Yeah. I honestly I don't, know, don't. I don't know any of them either. Like the names don't look familiar. And uh, like I said, I think I'm not well aware of the town taverns ownership. But I believe it's, it's changed hands like uh, quite a bit since I've, been remotely aware of that's even there. This all does not sound like it's very straight and narrow. No, it's me. Because it, apparently there was some language in the transaction that said that all licenses, whatever would be transferred as well. But yeah, the, uh, the alcohol 
commission whatever said that that yeah it was the application of transfer it wasn't done and that I think that the language has to explicitly say that the the alcohol license is going with it. The idea of the competitor holding it and just saying no, I'm not going to give it to you. It sounds like a problem of famine mentality to me. There are certainly enough people who drink in Newcastle and Henry County for two bars on Broad Street. A land contract provided to the Courier Times appears to show that Wright's been agreed to sell Larry and Amy Myers the town tavern uh, at these addresses on Broad Street six months before their death. The purchaser shall assume all property taxes and licensing associated with these whatever with these addresses, also known as town tavern. And then on August 12th, Larry and Amy Myers received a letter from Defer Varan, attorney David Brock, informing them that the liquor license had been transferred to Stephanie Cook. And it, the, the story from the Courier Times shows that the state of Indiana, the alcohol, tobacco, oh, the fun, the, basically the fun organization, the fun licensing group transferred on August 16th all of Reitzman's licenses to Cook. Hmm. So now they're suing. So I don't know what the hell's going to happen. But it, yeah, it does not. It's small the town drama. Bars, All two, I know is that we're down a bar in town, and there's going to yeah. be a crisis. And to, and to describe, but the Elks Club has their there. If you're to, if you're a uh, if you're a town tavern person, you're upset. Give Dakota and I a call. Zach a call. We can we can get you worked in at the Elks Club. And to describe how small town this is, where deferred to Varane is, and where the the back porch bar is it's between the two. He, he, he could have literally just folded it into a paper airplane <laughs> and winged it down the street and gotten it to both places. The back porch and the town tavern are two different atmospheres that are catering to two very yeah. different clientele. Yeah, I've, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time going to the bars in town, but I've probably been to the back porch half dozen times. I've never been in the town tavern in my life. Right. Yeah. It's the fact that the town different. tavern was, or that the back porch bar was created and is open and seems to have flourished with the town tavern doing just fine over there by itself. Like they're not. Yeah. It's yeah. One doesn't seem to have to. I don't like this story at all. Now I thought you were going to help make sense of this. Like that there was no, I'm concrete logic. I I don't understand. It doesn't. It just makes me feel more icky about the situation. If I was the holder of this liquor license, I would feel bad and guilty. That I just ripped the rug out underneath some newer bar owners and effectively closed the oldest bar in my city. Yeah. yeah would you? Yeah. I would it's, feel, I would feel bad. I, about I, I don't, I, I'm afraid to say anything because I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I know the whole story. If, there, there may if, be more, more layers to if the there's more than I realize. To it, if there's more to it, I'm to, I mean, I've eaten my words before and I've, I've really, said do you have a list? I don't have a list. There's probably too many to be on the list. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm totally wrong about it, then that's fine. I'll accept it. it just right now, it just seems it, it is a weird story, off-putting. and it's hard to keep up with. And then you throw in the fact that the purse, the group that is now holding the liquor license that won't allow, also has stake in a competing bar. Uh, the next block up or two blocks up that does give like a weird, like, is this something where you just, you have the opportunity at the same time though, why was, and maybe it was a decision that was made before. I'm assuming it probably wasn't before he sold the bar. Like why choose to have the executor of your estate be the owner of a competing bar? And maybe they thought, maybe he thought that deal was done and it was over with, but, it seems like the language is in there that he intended for this bar to be sold with its liquor license intact with the bar, but they didn't the, legally go through all the steps required to make that actually happen. The tail end of this uh, this article that uh, the, the folks at the Courier published says the Myers filed a lawsuit on Tuesday against Cook and the estate of Stephen Reitzman. In the lawsuit, they claim breach of contract, unjust enrichment of the defendants, conversion, fraud, and damages for tortious interference with prospective business relationship. I mean, you said that you'd never been to town tavern, but you have been to the back porch. Yes. And I mentioned the difference of clientele. I've never been to the back porch, but I've been to the town tavern. One of us is wears khaki pants to work and uh, has nice combed hair and a shaved face. (laughs) He's wearing a collared shirt. The other one 
is shaves his head, has a beard, and has tattoos. So there's room enough for both. There's room for both. I generally wear jeans to work nowadays. Oh, do you? New company culture. Yeah, jeans are fine. Very nice. Jeans are cool. Collared shirt, yes. Uh, no tennis shoes, but jeans are fine. You know, not tennis. Is there a dress code? Do they tell you? Or do you just kind of go by feel? The vibe. The vibe. Listen, man. We're have you trend. tried? Have you tried? Like, buy, buy a Comfort Callers t-shirt? No, Amazon, I would never do that. And then just I would up. never do that. I would never it's got a that. pocket. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. I think I got... Jesus, Dakota. I did wear a PFG shirt in one time and got a, what the hell are you doing? Like one of my fishing shirts, which I think are cool. Did it have That's a collar? Cool. Yeah. yeah. I figured. Yeah, it's but it's vented. I mean, they are the ultimate summer shirt. Oh, I know what shirt you're talking about. I know you enough. I think I know most of your wardrobe. I'm sure you, you do. know mine. You see all of mine. Yeah, you've seen <laughs> Dakota has seen all of me. All right, that's the that's the story here. I don't know what's going to happen. I, this is uh, it'll be interesting. What's going on on these streets? So the mean streets of Newcastle. We've got more stop sign conversations. I, I, I drove to the studio today and I saw that the center stop sign is gone at Indiana and Main Street. Yeah, and then there's a conversation that they're going to get rid of the center stop sign at uh, Indiana and State Road 103. I'm Ron Burgundy, and then I don't know. Are we ever getting stoplights back on any of our stretch? What's what's the story, Mister uh, City Council attendee? Yeah, they didn't actually discuss the light uh, situation yet. Um, I'm not sure how long they want. They're going to kick that down the curb. I mean, w- because we've disconnected that light, we've probably saved forty to fifty dollars this year on on the electrical costs. He described the amount of money that it costs to maintain a traffic light, and like not just the like fifteen dollar bulbs or whatever it is, but I think that there's like a maintenance contract that they basically have to sign for the lights, and it was not. I think for the like two and a half lights that the city operates, it was, there was a comma. Like, I think it was like a couple thousand dollars a year to have the lights like inspected. Wow. Um, yeah. It was something shocking. It's it not was, like they're fancy lights. They're no, pretty basic. It's pretty basic. But, and they said the one at 15th street burns through balls, wherever the reason why the center stop signs were moved was one, there's now stop signs at all four corners and two, um, people were struggling at times with navigating the intersection, like making left-hand turns. If you have a trailer, stuff. it could yeah, be, it like been a some, and, But they also point out that those guys aren't supposed to be there. That's the reason why the stop sign's in the middle of the road anyways. Well, I mean, well if you're a semi, light. but you and I are allowed to come yeah. through. I mean, I bring my camper. <laughs> we, you and I, I don't go through accident. that. I don't go through that intersection. Was, listen, I did a because, left turn there in my bucket truck, not pulling a trailer. Trailer. And it, it was, was tight, tight. Yeah. And so, yeah, but they didn't mention like people even just doing like landscape trailers and stuff. Um, I nearly witnessed, uh, Jeremiah's, uh, in law, uh, eviscerate his camper at that intersection. <laughs> and so I do not tow through that intersection. <laughs> I would tow straight through. I go on main, on street. main street. If I'm, if I'm going to last summer when three was a disaster, I would travel with my camper going to summit lake. I would go north on main street and, and go get up to one Oh three. Yeah, and and get to Summit. Lake I just knew if way. I was, it was either on Main or I was on Fourteenth. I was committed to Main or Fourteenth. The mental spot that I would want to make that shift would be Indiana Avenue, and I just knew not to do it because I saw mm-hmm. tragedy almost happen there. Um, only delayed, <laughs> only delayed by about forty eight hours, though, if I recall. <laughs> it happened on a Friday instead <laughs> of the Sunday. Sunday. Yes, but um, but yeah, they just took that out of the way. There wasn't any discussion of the traffic lights yet. I mean, I honestly don't. I know I've gotten into some people on Facebook that think that they need to put the light back. Um, there seem to be the same people that say put everything back. Um, but I've only seen it kind of backed up twice the whole time. And I like actually just knowing I need to stop. And then as a pedestrian going through the intersection, I love it because people, you can always go. I can always go. Yeah. I don't have to worry about whether or not the lights turning, whether or not they see me coming. Um, and if you know the light turns, actually the more dangerous situation for me as a pedestrian is when you go through an intersection, somebody's coming from behind you to make a left-hand turn. I've almost been hit a couple times with that kind of maneuver, but yeah, it's, I'd like it. I, I personally still want the stoplight at Indiana and Maine, but other than that, I think they're fine being gone. Yeah. But I feel like Indiana and Maine's busy enough that you need it. Yeah, I think so. We'll uh, see. I agree. I mean, if they put it back, they put it back. If they don't, they don't. I mean, we're better off than when they had one at Church Street and like we had a whole bunch of lights downtown. It was awful. But Wait, what they could do is they could move the poles back significantly so yeah. that they're not. The worst thing in the world you can do is put a telephone pole at the far outer edge of an intersection. Yeah. 
that is that is asking for trouble. Absolutely asking for trouble. Look at Markleville. All the poles are so close to the road there. Shame on Markleville. Yeah, they haven't discussed when the, if the light when or if the light will go back though. And now we've got some rules coming up regarding fourteen hundred plaza. Fourteen hundred plaza. We're not allowed to camp there at night. No sleeping. Was there a problem? I believe there was. Did a couple times. I don't think there was a problem with the with people necessarily causing a problem doing it, but they think they did have some people that were sleeping there. But I think uh, there's some concerns part about making sure you help the people if they're homeless and they you know, But one person like just didn't go home, just didn't want to go home. Evidently, like they had he had an address and maybe they got thrown out of the town tavern and couldn't get back in because they closed yeah. it. So they just want to establish some hours. It's one of those things that, that there's probably going to be less teeth to that than people might think, depending on the situation. They've had issues with homeless people in the arts park. Yeah. That's Anytime you have an area that, I mean, if I was homeless, the arts park would be where I'd be pretty go. awesome. I would like, I'd go camp at the arts park right yeah. now. And then the city says that we can't smoke or vape in the plaza. Any Aaron longer. Dickin finally got you guys. Remember? He's I all feel about- like, I feel like when they do a second and a third reading in the same night, Nobody say anything in the first reading, but yeah, they wrote through those pretty quick. It's kind of crap. <laughs> Saying I'm not represented in the city government, so I'm not either. It doesn't affect me. I can see the city from my front porch, but I don't. Uh, you know, my whatever. mom's comment is she startled a guy awake at the arts park. Is it? The, I don't know. If she's at the arts park or at um, at the 1400 Plaza on Tuesday at 9:30 in the morning. Yeah, they're just trying to keep. I mean, there's certain hours that you're allowed to be there and certain hours you're not. Yeah. I think, I think you can sleep at 1400 Plaza at 930 in the morning. That's, yeah, that's well sun, within the rules. Probably if the sun's up, you're good. Just to don't go. be smoking. A nice morning nap. Yeah. Morning siesta. Are we going to start jailing people for smoking? If, if my mother comes to watch, uh, whatever the hell concert's coming up on Friday night, what's the, uh, it's not Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> We got Flynnville Train. A couple Flynn, more years, Fleetwood Flynn, Mac might be on. Flynnville Train is coming to the, to, to downtown Newcastle on Friday night. Uh, so tomorrow, I guess, if she were to come here and she she were to light up, is, or is she getting thrown in jail because she's using her smoking cessation tool? I think they just get a ticket. What happens if you don't pay the ticket? Yeah. At what point does it turn violent? I don't know. And then what happens when you don't pay the ticket and then they show up at your house because you didn't pay the ticket and you say, I'm not coming with you? Will they go to, will they, will Are you they, going to kill me over Will smoking? they leave the county to enforce a smoking ticket? I'm not sure. Guess we'll find out. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. And then the final streets update that you have for us, Mr. Producer guy, our Monday night. Uh, when, when was this meeting? It was Tuesday. There, it was not it was a on Monday Tuesday. night. It had to be a Tuesday. Yeah, it's on Tuesday if there's a holiday. Oh, so, they did, a, reason why. so they did a second and a third meeting on a Tuesday night. It wasn't even the normal night. Yeah. How dare they? This government of ours, of yours, some government you have, Zach. So they also said that you can't, you, now your brush piles, you have a certain size brush pile you're allowed to have. They've always had that rule, uh, or not always. They've it recently, it, that ordinance has been in place for a while, I think. I think it was at, they edited it maybe a couple of years ago, a year or two ago. I'm, I'm to the point now where COVID broke my mental internal timeline, so I'm not quite sure, but it has been discussed and changed. And they just brought up as a concern because, um, it sounded kind of comical, um, that the city has run a brush crew, like at least one crew of guys just picking up brush for like the last month every day. And as opposed to, it used to be a thing where if there was a storm, they do it. And then the brush piles are supposed to be, I believe it's like four feet long, four feet high and 10 feet wide, your pile of brush. And now they're having some, they're like eight feet wide, 12. I mean, I've seen this too. People just pull a whole shrub out of the ground and just throw it in front of their house. Like a, a six or an eight foot shrub. Like, yeah, they'll deal with it. And they said they'll roll up and they'll see these huge brush piles. And there's like, there's not a tree on the property. They don't know where the brush is coming from. It's like, there's no trees that got cut down. They don't just let you burn it. That's the, this is yeah. the problem. If we had open burning in this town, it wouldn't be a problem. I never have anything I need to drag out to the road mm-hmm. like that. But I can, I can dispose of it along with my cardboard but it came boxes. Up just being, it's very labor intensive for the city. And, but the city keeps picking them up because Lee said, I want the town to look nice. I want to leave this stuff out. So they just need to figure out something to do. I mean, I told, I was, I talked to Aaron Dickon was at the meeting. So I was catching him up on some other stuff, um, that he might want to know about after. And I was like, there's a house I ran by it this morning that always has a little pile of sticks on the street all year round. 
is if they just rake their yard and they dump the little pile of sticks out on the street all the time. So why don't they just throw them in the trash dump? I don't understand why they don't either. <laughs> but it's like, I have to know. Because does that mean you, I have, you have to, to send a second truck then, right? I have, well, I don't know who picks that one up because it's not near where they put their toter. Um, and they said that there was a miscommunication. Some people thought you just put it by your toter and they pick it up. That's fine, whatever. This isn't near a toter. This is like, they kind of, I came and actually, I'm not 100% sure whose it is because it's at a property line, but I'm pretty sure because of who has trees and who doesn't. But this person just, when every time they do take care, I think they just wait for it to break down and turn into mulch on the road. But it's always there. I have to be aware of it because it's a dark spot of the road. And if I'm not paying attention, I'll trip on it, but it's always there. So people are just weird. So the NFL is back, and they are right now, as I look at the screen, they're having a moment of silence for Queen Elizabeth, Dakota. Mm -hmm. The Queen of England has passed away, 96 years old. I wouldn't make a thing of it, but dear leader Chris Spangle has been having a moment today. I mean, it's... I think it... I I feel kind of As somebody who, uh, I like... Not that it's a documentary or anything, like uh, during COVID, my wife and I have kind of ripped through the crown, um, which is a dramatized version based loosely on factual events. She is, people talk about giving their life to public service. That woman did. She took, she became the queen and she wasn't supposed to be the queen. She was supposed to just be a princess that was going to be in the periphery and not have any responsibility. Um, ended up the queen in 1952. And she just 70 years, 70 years. What something I saw that was pretty cool. Um, was something that Chris posted. Uh, I'll pull it up really quick. Um, it just feels like the end of an era. Oh, and absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, in 1959, see, here it is. Queen Elizabeth came through Messina, New York, with Vice President Dick Nixon to open up the Eisenhower Seaway in 1959. Wow! Yeah. So when my when my father was. Born the year he was born, she came through Messina, New York. So this is something I thought was crazy. She was born before computers, plastic bags, the full discovery of DNA and penicillin, the birth of the UN and the People's Republic of China. When she was born, her grandfather ruled over an empire that covered one quarter of the world's landmass. Insane. Yeah. So Joe Bitchum Henchman, who was the uh, chairman of the Libertarian Party for, for a few minutes before they forced him out, he said that there is an unwritten royal protocol that involves three announcements. The first announcement wa- is that the health situation is serious. Everyone gathers. The second one is life is peacefully moving towards its close. And number three is the official announcement. And then he educated us a little bit. And he said King George V who was, I guess, the grandfather. He died in like 1928, so uh, Queen Elizabeth's grandfather. He was kept alive until they got number one and two done. And then he was, as it's said here, mercy killed with an injection of morphine and cocaine so that number three was issued in time for the morning newspapers. His last words allegedly were, God damn you, to the nurse doing the injection. Uh and then his son, George VI, was found dead in the morning, but they waited on number three until they did the first two. Um, which I had no idea. Wow. Apparently, this George George V, uh, the doctor did that. They didn't even consult the family. The doctor just timed it, basically. That's insane. Which, and they didn't figure that out until they read his diaries in 1986. So this happened in the 30s or 40s or whatever. And then in 1986, they, they, it became public. So I, I watched an interesting video. Uh, I think it was last night. I like to watch. Do you ever watch a Business Insider's YouTube? Yeah. They have fantastic videos if you don't know about them. But they had one about um, what happens when the queen dies. And it was based, I think it was like Operation London Bridge. Yeah. And they, they said that as soon as the queen dies, then they would get the secretary would send out a message to all heads of state in the world that just says London bridge has fallen. And then there's like this whole large series of things that goes on. I guess that like we saw BBC had their news acres dress in black today. 
I guess that the BBC always has news anchored clothing black in the studio. Just in case? Yeah. All so, the time. Waiting. Do they have to reprint their money? This is an yes, honest question. Yes, they I bet do. They, I, don't, they I do. bet they don't reprint, but they're, I bet they're retooling right now. No, they, they will start. This was in the Business Insider video. They will start printing new currency, and the old currency will get phased out as it gets used, you know, used in banks yeah. and things. Once you give it to a bank, that bank is going to send it to whoever does their printing. So if you've got your Canadian dollars, hold on to those because those are Queen Elizabeth dollars. Yeah, and you're not going to see them come out again. You know, in 70 years they might be worse. Than I, mean, I looked it up. Winston Churchill was her first prime minister. He was born in 1874. Wow. <laughs> Just like it's kind of like the thing with I can't remember who the president is. There's a president who still has a grandkid. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's an it's, Harrison no, Tyler. No, yeah, William Henry Tyler. Yeah, he still has like yeah. a living or John grandkid. Tyler. It's one of those John Tyler, strange, President Tyler. Yeah, it's one of those strange things, but just like. Yeah, for anybody, it tells you how long a lifetime really is. Like you know, if you live to yeah. be ninety, ninety-five years old, you're three lifetimes back, and you're at the foundation of this country. That, that yeah, there was a popular tweet going around, but like three years ago in Joe Rogan's last uh, comedy special on Netflix, he had that joke in the comedy special was that America was founded three people ago, and you yeah, go back yeah, one, two, on three that. people, and boom. America is not a country. It's it's pretty mind boggling. Yeah. I think about my my great grandmother's. Uh, we got a map running around here somewhere from when Queen Elizabeth was just coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you listen to last week's show? No. Oh, Brian it's gave us a busy. gift. Brian gave us a gift. I have to look at it. I mean, you miss Canal Talk. Yeah. Extensive Canal Talk. Means. Yeah. Well, Spangle should... Spangle gave a lot of history lessons, as you can imagine. Yeah, pontificated thing. But yeah, it's just like from watching that show and and just it's even though we're not a part of that uh, government, it, that's f- just for one person to be in a position for seventy years is in, it's just insane. Really? Just to, to survive it, just to emotionally survive it. Like you look at how our president, she's not got as much responsibility at, at times. It's a ceremonial job at this point, but there's. In a tiny more and more as the time's gone, but still, like you look at how much our presidents age in like four to eight years. <laughs> like they go in looking spry, and they come out looking. They go in looking fifty five, and come out looking eighty five. She went in when she was like in her twenty or what thirty? No, twenty two, twenty six. Yeah, twenty six, and came out. Yeah, ninety six minus seventy. 70 is... Yeah, I do some math in my head. Twenty six. But she wasn't even supposed to be queen. She was born thinking she wasn't going to be queen. And then her, well, her uncle abdicated so he could run off with an American. So her son, King Charles, Prince Charles. I, I don't know. Did he say he's keeping the name Charles? I, I guess he, Ooh, I it's like that. becoming Pope. You get to decide what your name is going to be. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. So Charles Probably. is king. Or sometime. He's 73. He's been waiting for so long. I'm also a thing that said that the, the, her funeral plans have been in existence in some form since 1961. Wow. Because that's one of the things you figure out is that they have, that's a system. They have a lot of things going on. And I think that was when somebody, like when Diana passed away, I think that they used protocols they they had for her, actually. It was like somebody else's funeral got taken because they had situations for different people. Um, But they have all that stuff ready to go at any given time. It would have been really interesting to be able to, sit down and like talk to the her like as a real person like no cameras you know just no one's gonna hear about this just tell me some cool stories tell me some cool stuff the average uh the life expectancy for a british man is 79 years old (laughs) so if he's on par with the actuarial tables he'll be king for six years his mom served for 70 yeah just, but yeah, it's just kind of cr- crazy. I kind of think they that should just skip, fascinating, but. skip over Charles, skip over William. The, the, the William oh, give it to one of the kids. William's like, kid is nine years old. Let him go for the record. Just let him, <laughs> just let him have a run at it. See how it goes. He'll figure it out. It'll be fine. It's a ceremonial job anyway. Just step aside. Everybody step aside and let, uh, 
Let the uh, Williams oldest have it. Have for, a a, for a ceremonial job, though, think of all the crap she's had to deal with, with just the family drama and the family drama being so publicly in the in the it, view. I mean, there is some more than like cere- ceremonial jobs. They take care of some like, uh, well, I guess it would, it would be more of like the charitable side of the house and things. They do a lot of. I think they, at times they kind of head up the PR. They're kind of the PR wing for like the Commonwealth. Like when they go visit other right. places that are under, yeah, under you're, British. You're, 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 a sen- I mean, you're a living mascot is the, is the role. And it, it is. It, so the American psyche of it is really interesting too, right? We've been independent since 17, so we claimed our independence in 1776. A couple of years later, we actually got it. We don't give a damn if the King of France was dead, right? Like the, oh, yeah, none no. of, none of that mattered. Like, is there is there another significant like what are significant monarchies are in existence still? Well, I mean, do you count the Catholic Church? <laughs> <laughs> That's a little different one, though. Marcus Erickson won the Indy Five Hundred. The king of his country tried to call, and he he pressed mute. He South mute. North Korea. He didn't even take the call. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't. He didn't know who that's that's who it was. I don't know. I mean, I, there's some that are like, they're not technically monarchies, but like, they're monarchies like Russia, you know, Russia. Monarchy dictatorship. All right. It's a, it's a, it's a gray area there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there is a difference between a monarchy and a dictatorship. A little, the subtle differences. So, yeah. It is interesting that she was seen publicly on Tuesday. Like that, that she, part. She agreed to the new prime minister. Yeah. The, yeah. She, the, the prime minister. Imagine came if in. you're the prime minister and, and you go and meet the queen and then and she's dead. And you later. kill her on accident. There was, there was some shade thrown, uh, thrown her way because apparently the first end of her career, she was trying to get the queen thrown out and to end the monarchy and get rid of it or whatever. And then she's oh, no to, joke. Yeah. Yeah. That wow. was like kind of what she campaigned on. Uh, as she went into the House of Delegates or whatever back in the day. That is gross. <laughs> and then two <laughs> days later, um, yeah. Yikes. Big yikes to that. It'll be interesting to see what the like the ratings are for all the upcoming. The funeral will be huge. And Tim, Tim Durham said that Elton MI John is furiously is inter- writing new lyrics to the candle in the oh, wind. Yeah. Do you think that... Um, do you think the MI6 is interviewing the prime minister pretty hard right now? Oh, I bet there's. I bet they are. I bet they are. I bet they're looking into every. That's uh, not a coincidence. If nothing else to say whether they ruled it out, but yeah, that's not yeah. a coincidence. You want to really have. Like, you want to clear that up no matter what. Like two days. Really? <laughs> <laughs> 96, guys. I mean, it's. I know, but at a certain point, yeah, it's one of those things. Her, her mom didn't die that long ago. The queen, the queen mother, the queen mother was alive for quite a while. Her sister died in 2002. I looked that one up. I remember princess Anne dying and Spangle pointed out her husband passed away, you know, a couple years ago. And that was probably part of the like, okay. The queen mother died in 2002 as well. It's been a minute, 20 years. Okay. But it's been okay. But for, for she was 76 when her mom died. That's yeah. Like I said, COVID broke my internal calendar. (laughs) I think someone just knocked on the door. Check it. Check the door. No, no, no. They knocked on they the knocked double on door. The double door behind us. Oh, yeah. It's we have to check the cameras. It could be. Listen, we've been talking a lot of smack about the queen. We could have protesters. Pull up I the didn't ring, talk any smack. But yeah. When is it too soon to make jokes? You guys, people have already started. Christy Avery says Margaret was the sister and was the is the daughter. I haven't been making. Any yeah, Margaret. Yes, that's true. I'm just asking for some of us that may have made jokes already. When is it too soon? Depends on if you care or not. And most of, most of the people that are going to crack jokes already don't care. So everybody deals with it differently. Yeah. Some people just like are literally just don't care. And I'm fine. It's like, it's not going to ruin my day. I think it's a wonderful life it's, lived. It, it's a fascinating. That monarchy is fascinating in its own way because it's, persevered with some level of importance whether or not it's relevant one thing but it's persevered with some level of importance i think during well past most monarchies during the times of war especially what she did it during world war ii when her dad was king i guess that's probably the most important time in holding together the free world and in the leadership that was there 
you know, I listen, I'm, I'm from the Leslie Nielsen school with, with N- naked gun. Like she was hilarious in that movie. I, <laughs> you know, it, it's all, it's cool, but it, like, to me, it's the mask. It's like, it's like, it's a, the mascot of it. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. That sad, understandable. I don't know. Moving she, on. She, but we, she, hey, we did, yeah. a, we did a moment of silence in the NFL. It's a big deal. Like, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of, uh, the United States and England have a very special relationship as countries. They are as close as you're going to possibly get. So when the leader, and this is the person that is the queen of Canada as well, right? The, the, the British monarchy still, still matters in some ways. So the NFL is back. Uh, that's how we, that's how we started this segment. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams are playing today. <laughs> Audrey wants a screenshot of something. I don't know what I did. But she wants a screenshot of it. I, I saw it flash up on the screen. What did your wife? What's your wife need from me? Don't worry about it right now. Don't don't be concerned. Yeah. Um, big money to be wagered. Did you guys get any bets in? There's a there's. I don't gamble. <sighs> I didn't even know who was playing. Today. Zach, there's big money. So this time, it's an instant payout if you can pick either team, Rams or the or the Bills. I think up to two hundred and fifty dollars you could put on it. I hope you're not listening to this on your commute tomorrow. Trying to listen. Good advice. Though the game will be over by then. It's getting ready to start. You could you could put any amount of money you want on it, and it will pay out instantly if the team leads by seven points. So if you put, say, $30, $40 on the Rams, and they lead by seven at some point, but they come back and they lose to Buffalo, you still win. Good to go. No, thanks. I just don't gamble. I don't pay that much attention to football. Yeah. I don't know. That's the other. We talked in Patreon a little bit about the signs of summertime being over. Yeah, football starting. And and college football started last week. Now the NFL is on. IndyCar wraps up tomorrow. Or uh, the, tomorrow's the, the start of the final IndyCar weekend. It's like these are these are all the signs. That, I, w- I would like to, up. to say that I redeemed myself in fantasy IndyCar last week. And I, had the, I was tied for second in the uh, wall racing group for the weekend only to uh the only person that got me was pat brimmer friend of the show i had a very very bad portland weekend in the old indy car wall wall chat group it did was you not, did not you good. not pick scott mclaughlin no that's your first problem if he's on the poll don't pick against him <laughs> he did exactly what i thought he was gonna do i would have had better if lungar wouldn't have hit that sign I hit. I've been real good. He was the only. He was the only downer I had. He had pretty good picks the rest of the way around. I picked. Uh, I picked Will Power to finish second, and he did. Otherwise, it would have been the absolutely worst thing possible. But yeah. So the NFL's back. Big, uh, big concert to welcome back the NFL on Friday night. The Colts have been giving away tickets to anybody that wants them to the Jim Ursay concert. Oh yes, yes. Uh, tomorrow night at Lucas Oil Stadium. I talked it, to my coworker <laughs> about that. I I think I've turned down tickets three or four different ways now. Um, the band is loaded. So they have brought in like an all-star band, but it's just Jim Ursay playing with them all. But I think they got John Mellencamp is coming now. Like they, it's, yeah, I looked it up because it, I've been hearing about it for about a month and a half. Cause Bob and Tom have been talking about it quite a bit. And I have a coworker whose husband is in a band and, um, she had mentioned that Ursay will pop out to her friend's, um, shows once in a while. Just we'll be hanging out in a bar watching them. Um, and I was like, "Oh, have you heard about this?" Because we talk about his insane collection. He has a pretty incredible collection of memorabilia. Um, My parents are going. I told them I think you'll probably see an original copy of the Ten Commandments. I think he's got every. He's purchased everything at this point. Yeah, he's got quite, a lot of Beatles stuff too. And somebody's yeah, is it some manuscript of something? Um, Mike Mills, founding yeah, member of REM. Kenny Wayne Shepard, Kenny Aronoff, who's like a one of the greatest drummers on earth, uh, Carmelo Ramsey, Mike Wanchik, uh, Tom Bukovic, and Michael Ramos, and Dane Nucci with special guest Buddy Guy, and and Wilson of Heart. So if you know rock and roll people, you might know who some of those people are. But yeah, he's he he has a good time. Jim Mercy has a good time. They are even buying you your free drink, free free first. Like they, everybody that goes gets a ten dollar voucher for free food. Like they are just giving stuff away, free right. parking, free tickets, 
$10 voucher for the first thing at the concession stand. Jim's just throwing a party for people. Good for him. Yeah, it's amazing. And he just bought somebody's. Did he buy like a title belt? Did he buy somebody's heavyweight champion belt? I, I, this Something is, I, like that. He buys random stuff. But yeah, he's got a bunch of Beatles stuff. He's got like almost an entire Beatles set of instruments, I think. And um, but he might have bought like uh, the Thrilla in Manila or, or the Rumble and Jungle title belt or something. He's got stuff from Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Prince, Eric Clapton, Elton John, Les Paul. David Gilmore, the door, uh, Jim Jim Morrison of the Doors, all stuff that's just going to be on display, no big deal, all free. Just insanity. It's good. a John Wilkes Booth wanted poster. Random. That's pretty cool. The original Hey Jude handwritten studio lyrics. Uh, Jackie Robinson's hat. Hmm. Presidential artifacts, important documents from American history. Um. He stole the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I, at some point, I feel like I'm going to read. Yes, he has the Ten Commandments. He bought them, uh, and they're there. Um, just, just, just craziness. I need to watch that movie again. That's a great movie. They, uh, they come in, and he the, there's an announcement over the loudspeaker that says, "Do not touch the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> don't look at, don't look at it straight in the eye. Don't try to open the lid." <laughs> I, it's cool that it's free. Like I, I get that. Like it, it's cool that it's free for the community and it's a deal. I just don't know. I'm curious to see what kind of turnout they have. Apparently, it's not that. I mean, I guess if you have Lucas Oil, there's a lot of tickets to be had. But I'm assuming that they're going to probably kind of keep people in one side or the other of the stadium and then on the floor. I'm assuming fits in there. So just a gigantic party. Jim's gigantic party. All right. Uh, last couple items we want to cover here. Uh, is this anything, Dakota? $10,000 in student loan relief, but the state of Indiana is going to tax you on it. If you yeah, can. I did. I forgot to. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to make it my final thoughts. Uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, whenever we talked about this, I said that the White House told us that it was going to be tax exempt. Federally. But I forgot to mention that that was just federally. Right. But I think there's like 13 states that have, they're going to tax it. We're one of them. You know, can I almost feel like there's time, right? So, okay. If, first of all, say you're getting the full $10,000, mm-hmm. $10,000 wiped off, it's $380 that it's going to cost you. So you'll probably make that trade, right? $10,000 wave, but you owe $380 in taxes, Zach. Yeah. You'll, you'll take that. I, I feel like it's kind of clickbaity to be freaking out over it or to be that concerned. Yeah, it seems kind of petty. You can but just cash, probably just cash the uh, $600 the, the check they just sent you. That you got and pay for it with that. <laughs> that is the funny part, though. It's like, hey, we're going to give you some money. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I uh, want my piece. You yeah. got to give us some of it, though. Yeah. So, Indiana, I would the Department of Revenue would say, yes, you owe me money on that. It's taxable. But the, our legislature hasn't weighed in yet. So in theory, we're not going to call back another special session. Poor yeah. Tom is retired at this point. He's been called back again, but he's Tom's retired in January. You've got to think that maybe Indiana would say, "Hey, when you file your taxes next time, you can we could they they could fix this very easily. They could stick something in a bill and say, "Hey, if you receive this one-time tax, whatever, they could make it they could make it go away." Yeah. Whether or not they would, I don't know. But it is correctable no, or fixable. No. Dakota doesn't want to. No, no, you've got enough for free. I'm not saying I don't Pay want it. to. I'm saying our our legislature is not even going to think twice about it. I mean, if you're a candidate running, you might you I might say something. It'll depend, I think, on the timing too of getting it all done and how that if that's if people are in the midst of like applying for it and stuff. You're not applying for it until October or November. Yeah. So why so if, why shouldn't people be running on it saying, hey yes, we're gonna fix this. I think it was a, if it was a thing that was just done and over with in like September, October, and then people had two months to forget about it. Um but man, I'll tell you what though, you want to make some people angry have tax bill because i don't know anybody else my state taxes are always in about it within about a 300 dollar window of nothing some years i might owe like 50 bucks 
And the most I've ever gotten back, I think, was $125 or something like that. And so if, if all of a sudden you have to pay $500, then that's, that will be a, it'll be a noticeable pain in the rear as compared to like normal. And I mean, in, that is true. in theory, yeah. if, if you had a, a married couple that both got Pell Grants forgiven, that would be ten thousand three fifty or so times two times two. So you could be twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred yeah. bucks that it could be in, you could have to pay. But you also just got forty thousand dollars in relief. So eh, you know. Yeah. But if you didn't have the money yet, then maybe that sucks, right? Maybe you were barely making your payment. Yeah, it might be some they people, get you you're yeah. eighty thousand dollars a piece in the hole. They just gave you forty thousand dollars worth of relief, but you never actually got any real cash. So now in January you owe another thirteen hundred dollars that you don't have. Yeah, yeah, that would be the worst case. And like scenario I said, and like I said, and like for the state, for me normally the state is like a nominal amount of money that's being exchanged one way or the other. So it's it would be a different. It's like the federal government. I think a lot of people they're getting kind of usually kind of get big big returns anyway. Some people pay depends how you file your taxes, but you could kind of prepare for that at the state. I don't know how you prepare for that, but I'm not affected so. State, I'm always like really close. It's like, yeah, mine's always like I get a refund of like twelve dollars. It's well, I've had times where close. I went through month was so close one time I was digging through trying to find my registrations for my cars because you could write that off. <laughs> you can credit, and I yeah. was trying to find it because it was literally it just netted it out. It went from uh, I went from owing twelve dollars to being net zero, just digging for that to get that. So yeah, no, more normally mine's you can write off your union dues, teachers, so you all know. It's that's in there. Write those babies off. Claim those is not cheap. So write them off for the state or federally, because federally it's uh, it, it, really federally. Federally, you're going to get a, after the Trump tax reform. It's tough to find anybody that can actually itemize their taxes at this point. It might be for the state. I don't know. I have a lady do mine. <laughs> she reminds me every year. She still reminded me. Yeah. So it must be for the state. So next week we start the candidate series. We've invited the uh, the county commissioner candidates on. We've had one yes so far and one that we're still communicating with. Uh, excited to get back in the swing of that. It does not fit. That maybe that's the maybe that's the sign of fall's return. We're doing candidates series, series again yeah. already. But it does not feel like summertime is over yet. But here we are. But we are I mean weeks away. It, it is September's two thirds or it has two thirds to go, right? So maybe yeah. three or four shows in September, throw a fall break in there. You've got maybe three weeks of shows in October, one in November, and we're there. So we've got like seven, eight episodes and it's election season. It's right now. It's crazy how fast it's come up, but yeah. it's time. So we're excited. We're going to talk about the issues of the day. We're going to see, uh, I don't, I don't think they're going to care about the liquor license. thing. That's probably not a commissioner's issue. We'll, we'll talk uh, potholes. We'll talk, police department fund sheriff department funding i bet we end up talking about uh uh about some ordinances what other stuff do you think we'd talk to uh commissioner candidates about uh specifically going to mention if they're going to come after my my girls your chickens yeah your chicky chick chicks are they still alive they were yeah, t- they so just had a photo five. shoot on facebook like so yesterday five baby just flaunting their existence put a roof over them for before we went on vacation and everything they survived. They're thriving. They're getting feisty. You got any eggs yet? No. Uh, I probably, I, I shouldn't get eggs until uh, the end of this month or the 1st of October. So you should definitely get them before winter. Yeah, I'll be the 1st of October. But, uh, I mean, they'll dry up in the winter. I don't plan on regulating their circadian rhythm enough to, to keep egg production up. So here's the thing we should do. We should get a hot plate, and you and I on Patreon... When the first couple eggs come out, we should make some. We should fry some eggs and eat them on the show. Yeah, we definitely should. Some Davis eggs. We've been we've tracked these things since they were chicks. On Audrey's. The show. I think Audrey's buying us a custom egg stamp to go on the cartons. Yes, so that you can uh, circle the date, know know the date that yeah. you harvested them. But yeah. Also, if we get into any uh, under the table selling deals, some, some legalities. All right. Zachary Burcham, you got any final thoughts for me? Not really. I'm enjoying this weather. I survived the weekend. It was a little damp for some people. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see on the, the happenings around Newcastle is that the county sold the annex building. 
And it's if, supposed to be a boutique hotel. If the guy in, does what he says he's going to do to it. That could be really cool. It's supposed to be a, a boutique hotel on the upper floors, and his son is a chef, and will be operating a restaurant on the bottom floor. Um, I would stay there in <laughs> on a date night. Yeah, I, th- I thought that might be kid free date night. Yeah, and like get down there on like a like around the holidays or like a Broad Street cruise night, and there'd be something to see. Yeah, out the windows. So if that get that's really cool. If that guy can get that done, so we'll see see what goes on there. But other than that, no, I just hope to eventually know what day it is. I'm still confused. You get an extra day off, and you just bitch about it. I you could have worked Monday. No, you work for us. You could have just you could have just worked yeah. the day. Well, it's um, I'm I'm a hybrid remote whatever. There's I have no routine, and then I took half of a day off yesterday to to take somebody to a doctor's appointment. So I just don't have any idea what day it is. So I'll get back in the swing of things eventually. But yeah, I don't have any routine anymore because I'm hauling computers back and forth to work or I'm home or something. So D squared. Uh, really, the only thing I thought about was trying to correct myself from a couple weeks ago, but we already covered that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the return of the candidate series. It's always pretty fun. I enjoy seeing the interaction from the community um, as well. Whenever we do that, I appreciate seeing the messages and the comments whenever we do those episodes and the listener input that we get from it. So, uh, yeah, I'm. Looking forward to getting into that again. Do you want to say thanks again? I think we've got, uh, we're going to continue on again with Wyland's Big Bounce and Slick Pickle for the, for the candidate series, which is awesome. They've, uh, I think they've been with us every single year it's existed. So, uh, we, we reach out to them and, uh, we just continue on. So we, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic to have their support and looking forward to continue it. I do want to complain about the, uh, the Amazon. Are you prime members? Are you guys prime members? Yep. Maybe this is a me problem. But I order something now. You put it in your cart and it says, hey, you can have this tomorrow. You can have it tomorrow. You're good to go. And then it changes to your prime day. Without your consent, it advertises, hey, it'll be here tomorrow. And then it's like, no, 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 no. No, it'll come on next Monday. This keeps You got to change it when you check out. I did, but damn it, I didn't used to have to do this, Dakota. Yeah. It's like a bait and switch. You just so you pay them down. You pay them like a hundred and fifty dollars a year, so it can be there tomorrow. Your prime days, you should, my prime like days on Monday. Choose whatever your prime Monday, date, whatever you want yeah. it to be. But it it's set up, and then you order something. So I ordered a, a new bike jack for my camper, and I was like, I'll put it on this weekend. Ordered it, doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come. I finally look, and it's like, oh yeah, it'll be there Monday. I'm like, jerks. And you can't go in and cancel it and reorder it because I ordered the Amazon warehouse, whatever deal, the open box special. So I'm going to lose out on that one if I cancel it and have to start over and pay full retail. They, they, they screwed me over. And it's just, it's an, this is a new thing. I don't feel like this has been a problem in the past. I think I always check that. I order stuff for, for relatives sometimes. So I'm always like scrolling through to make sure it's on the right card, going to the right address right. and stuff like that. And so that's one of those things that does pop up. And I'm like, the whole point of this whole thing is for free shipping. Why is, yeah, the prime day thing seems bizarre as an idea when the biggest selling point that they brought with prime was the free back in the day, two day shipping. The only reason that I would say, okay, yeah, cool. I would like to have prime day of shipping available, but I want it to be the backup plan. Is if I'm like, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be camping. I don't want this thing showing up at my house on Friday or Saturday because yeah. I won't be there to, uh, to receive it. So, yes, send it on Monday. But don't just automatically he- send shit. I, it literally took like a week and a half. I ordered it on Saturday, the weekend before, and it's now coming like nine days later. The Because uh, I haven't. like I checked that box. I checked to look at that box. Does, do you get anything for having it delivered on Friday? Because back in the day, it would be two-day shipping. They used to give you like or, a digital credit. Or they give you like a dollar digital credit if you let them slow ship it. Yeah. No, you don't get any kind you of nothing? Yeah, there's no point. That I will say, you reminded me uh, the one drawback of moving to the county. Uh, I don't have any option of one-day shipping anymore even though I'm much closer to the warehouse in Greenfield than you are. I get random. So here's the other thing. We got two things delivered on Monday on like Labor Day. Amazon straight up, Amazon van, Amazon employee. Yeah, we don't get Amazon vans. They, they delivered crap to my house on Labor Day. Like, come 
Those guys. people work. I didn't need that. And I feel bad for them. I didn't need my USB cables on Monday. I, f- I feel kind of bad for them. I mean, they're, I hope they're getting paid reasonably well because they don't give them any, like, I think I'm finally starting to see some of them repeat, but I think literally some of them, they roll back into the warehouse and just whatever's the next load up, they just load them up and say, this is where you're going. Like, I don't think that they have, like, you know, I have a FedEx guy. I have a mailman, although the mailman's right. been rotating around. I don't think you, I've had, you know. We have the I, same UPS guy at our house. Yeah, but I'll have like three different uh, Amazon people deliver packages on like in a week. And it's not the same person each time. So UPS still does all of our Amazon packages. Just imagine how many dogs those people meet in a day. The Amazon people that oh. ha- have totally different neighborhoods every day. Yeah. Around every corner is just, you know, if you're a meter reader, you're, you're a, 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 if you're a UPS guy, FedEx guy with regular route, the USPS person that does the same houses every day, you know what to expect. These Amazon Prime people just have random, God only knows what, all over all over the state of Indiana. Oh yeah, and you never know. And there are some dogs that are real stinky and wait till you're within striking distance before they make you aware. It that seems they're there. like such an inefficient system to do that, though. Oh, to have the individual vans running around? Yeah, to just no, like, ah, you go here. Because reported, yeah, but I mean, reportedly they were paying like next to nothing for the postal service to deliver packages for them. So I, it seems to me to buy all these vans and hire all these people to run them all around. It seems kind of strange, but they're making money apparently. Anyway, we're all in the big machine. That's uh, that's it. I'll, I'm getting my my big uh, my big new bike rack and uh, selling my old one to patrons Jared Bertram. So, with that, we say thank you so much, and we will see you next week for candidate talk. <laughs>